0: Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, "'Peace be with you.' They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, "'Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? "'Look at my hands and my feet. "'It is I myself.' This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their mind so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. This is God's word.
1: Evening everyone, my name is Scott. I'm the student minister. My privilege to um, bring us God's word uh, on Easter Sunday. So let's pray. As we come to, to God's word together, let's pray. Our Father, we praise you so much that your word tells us that Jesus is alive, that we can trust that, that if we get that, if we really believe that and, and, and apply that to our hearts, Lord, that every part of our lives would be different. Our Father, we would, we would live um, joyfully. We would live with a, a clarity about what really matters So, Father, show us uh, show us more of that this evening, um, as we think about what it means that Jesus is alive. In His name, we pray. Amen. Amen. It's it's easy, isn't it, for um, the reality of Easter, the Easter story, just to sort of wash and wash over you. Um, Maybe it's just me, but you know, you you sort of get to the point where you're like, yeah, yeah, Jesus died and He rose again. Um, I know, I know that. Where's my chocolate? Um, You know, am I more excited this weekend for a Friday off and a Monday off, what, than I am about the the reality of Jesus' death and resurrection? But the the resurrection of Jesus, as we'll see this evening, is everything. It is everything, Um, especially when life is hard. So the resurrection of Jesus is everything if you're, a, if you're a Christian who's being persecuted for your faith. If you're a Christian in Nigeria at the minute where you go to church on Easter Sunday, um, it, potentially in fear for your life. So last Sunday, Palm Sunday, there, were, there was another attack on a church in northern Nigeria. People were killed um, while they sat in church. That Jesus is alive is everything when tragedy strikes so I'm sure you heard of the, um, the, the school shooting um, last week in Nashville, um, in Tennessee. And one of the little girls who was, uh, was killed was Haley Scruggs. Um, Haley Scruggs was nine years old. Um, her dad, Chad, is the, the pastor at the, the church um, that the school was part of. Um, and his daughter went to school one morning and didn't come home. But the resurrection is real. And so that family is able uh, was able to say this in the midst of that we are heartbroken she was such a gift through tears we trust that she is in the arms of jesus who will raise her to life once again see the resurrection matters it matters to you and me maybe we're not in in tragedy like that but it matters when life doesn't go the way that you planned when you get a, a shocking diagnosis, when someone that you love dies, when life is just a bit disappointing, it matters. I don't know about you, but but I would love to have a bit more joy um, this Easter at the reality of Jesus risen from the dead because it makes a difference. It has to make a difference. So my aim this evening, as we look at um, these verses, the end of Luke's gospel is pretty simple. Um, It's that each of us, whether we've been trusting in Jesus for years or whether we're still trying to figure it all out, that each of us would have certainty that Jesus is alive and that that certainty would give us joy at whatever um, you and I face uh, today, tomorrow, So we're jumping in um, to the end of Luke's gospel. a slightly funny place to to pick up. But the um, the preceding few chapters in Luke, they have not been a highlight for the disciples. Um, The disciples uh, deserted Jesus and disowned him as Jesus went to the cross. When they finally reappear here in chapter 24, they don't believe the woman's report about the empty tomb. They say in chapter 24, verse 11... Um, they, well, Luke tells us they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Even here, as Jesus appears in front of them, their reaction is, is fear. They're startled. They don't know what's going on, verse 37. They are fearful and doubting. But by the end of the chapter, um, th- th- they have been changed uh, beyond measure. They have gone from, uh, from fear to, ser- to joy, And from doubt to absolute certainty. The joy of the risen Jesus will keep them going for the rest of their lives. They will spend their lives and give their lives proclaiming that Jesus is alive. That's the whole reason um, that Luke's written his gospel. Um, He told us right back in chapter 1 that he'd written, he was writing, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught So that when you and I doubt or wonder if following Jesus is really worth it, if it can all be true, well, we can go to his account and and read what he has carefully put together for us, that we might have certainty. Certainty that these things really did happen and that they really do make a difference. So here's um, here's how we're going to work through the passage. Um, The points aren't on your handout, but they are on the screen so we'll work through it a little bit like this. The disciples meet the risen Jesus. They're told that the whole Bible proclaims the risen Jesus. And then three responses that we see in the passage, three things that must um, come if those things are true, we're to turn to the risen Jesus, witness for the risen Jesus, and joyfully worship the risen Jesus. So firstly then, the disciples meet the risen Jesus. Picture the scene. The disciples have all got back together because they've begun to hear these stories of people meeting Jesus. They're all gathered together. It's it's been a pretty terrible few days, and yet there's just a little glimmer of hope. The the, the room is full of of noise as people try and piece together the different uh, bits of information that are coming in. They're all clambering to to try and get clear. Who have you spoken to? What have you heard? Have you seen him? And then into that confusion, into that little spark of hope, Jesus steps, verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. Jesus is suddenly there, right in front of them. And the disciples don't know what to think still. They're startled and frightened. They think they've seen a ghost, But they're filled with doubt. They're not just fearful, they're doubting. Jesus says to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? See, Jesus, he he gets that they're afraid, that they are disbelieving. But he doesn't leave them there. He gives them, he offers them certainty. Verse 39, look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself, touch me and see A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of boiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Three things um, he shows them. He shows them that he really was crucified. This is the Jesus who had been crucified just two days before. He shows them his hands and his feet, the parts of his body that, that most obviously held the scars of the cross. So people might, might try and explain away um, the resurrection by saying Jesus probably wasn't really dead in the first place. You know, maybe he had just sort of fainted on the cross and they put him in the tomb and then you know, up he got. But Jesus had been, had been brutally beaten and whipped and hung on a cross. Are we really supposed to think that he then walked miles um, on the road to Emmaus just before this in chapter 24, that he had run back ahead of the two disciples, that he was now standing up in front of of everyone holding a a perfectly normal conversation? It's not exactly a a logical explanation, is it? Jesus says, look at my hands and my feet. I really was crucified. I was dead. But secondly, she was... I really am risen. See how Jesus is, is so keen that they, that they look and they touch. This isn't an illusion, but, but an actual real physical resurrection. He's no ghost, he is flesh and bones. He eats them in front of them. It shows the disciples that Jesus has a, a real physical body, he has really been raised from the dead. And thirdly, it shows us this is not just the disciples' wishful thinking. They've not just sort of decided that it's true because it would make life a little bit better. No, even they find it hard to believe. They don't believe when the women first tell them. They don't even really believe when Jesus is standing right there in front of them. Even when they when they see his hands and his feet, we're told they still do not believe because of joy and amazement. These, these disciples, are not gullible, um, you know, first century people, uh, as we sometimes think of them. They just want Jesus to be alive so much that they convince themselves it was true. No, they are thinking what many of us, I guess, would have thought. Maybe what we still think, is this just too good to be true? But they hear and they touch and they see the risen Jesus. And that whole encounter with him gives them a certainty. We didn't just dream this. It really has happened. And it's there to give us certainty too, isn't it? We are not those who have uh, physically seen or heard or touched uh, the risen Jesus. But that does not make it any less real that he is alive. Most of us will go through life. um, Most of us will not witness any world-changing event firsthand. We don't only believe things that, that we saw for ourselves. No, we trust that people who are there uh, tell us, uh, reliable, give us reliable testimony. And when it comes to the resurrection of Jesus, we have reliable testimony of those who saw and heard and touched the risen Jesus. We can trust it. So, look, if, if you're here this evening and you're still a bit skeptical about the whole thing, well, take a look at the evidence. Do it for yourself. Don't just dismiss it out of hand, as men in our culture do today, until you've actually looked at it. You can have certainty in the truth of the resurrection, in the reality of it. What we have here is reliable because the disciples met the risen Jesus. But secondly, and they saw that the whole Bible proclaims the risen Jesus. This was not some change of plan of God's. This is what the whole Bible was proclaiming from the beginning. Verse 44 He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of the prophets, the, pardon me, the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Jesus says to them, look, the whole Bible, from start to finish, only makes sense if you understand the cross and resurrection. Jesus had told them about that in advance, Luke 18. He'd said, look, this is what's going to happen, but they, they hadn't understood then. And so he says to them, now, look, I know this whole resurrection thing is, is hard to get your head around. I know it's hard to believe, but it is what the whole Bible has been pointing towards. See, the re- resurrection isn't, isn't just like a little footnote um, in the Bible. You know, P.S., Jesus is alive. No, it is. It's the big idea. It is the theme that runs through the whole thing, start to finish. It is what holds it all um, together. Just think about it. It, it. Jesus' resurrection is the fulfillment of all the Old Testament promises of God, all those strange passages that people have never quite been able to understand or fit together before. Isaiah 53, the servant of God who will suffer and die but he'll also be given a portion among the great. How does that work? Jesus is alive. Psalm 22, when when God promises that he will not abandon his king to the realm of the dead, but every king in Israel's history had died. 2 Samuel seven, when God promises to, to establish David's throne forever, to put a king on the throne who will reign for all time. Jesus opens the disciples' minds so that they can see that all of that and more was about him. That Jesus' risen and reigning is so world transforming that it takes the whole Bible to unpack um, the, the implications of it. So if um, if you're struggling for joy as a Christian, let me ask you this, are you digging into what God's word says about the risen Jesus? In my experience, the, the Christians who are most joyful are those who read their Bibles. The Christians who are able to keep going, even when life doesn't work out, even when life is really hard, are those who read their Bible. Because God's word speaks to us, start to finish, of the Messiah who will suffer and die but rise again to give us a certain hope that whatever we're going through, it is not the end because Jesus is alive. So these disciples, they've, they've met the risen Jesus. They've been shown that the whole Bible points to the risen Jesus. Three responses then. What, what difference does this really make? Three responses, because life cannot be the same if you know that Jesus is alive. Let me take you back to um, uh, Paris in June 1940. It's just fallen um, to, uh, to the Nazi army. And for the next four years, um, if you're a Parisian, you live with constant fear and oppression. It hangs over the city and, and everyone who lives there All of your hopes and dreams are on hold. You have no idea what life is going to bring. Fast forward, though, to the 25th of August, 1944. As the occupying forces are, are pushed out of your city and the Allied forces liberate it, your fear is turned to joy and life can begin again. Us, humanity lives in the shadow of death. It is always there, every day, even when most of the time maybe we don't recognise it. I had a couple of fun. I speak to my mum back in Northern Ireland every every Sunday afternoon, um, and the past few weeks um, it's been a bit more. But every every almost every conversation, she's like, "Before I forget, I need to tell you that so and so's died." Um, last week, it was a neighbor down the road um, who I knew from childhood. This week, it was a, a great aunt who was very old and was a Christian. So, um, but, but, you know, you, you have those sort of conversations, you have those phone calls that just wake you up. Sometimes you live in central London and everyone seems so young and healthy and, you know, death is not really a, a thing. But it is. When Jesus rises from the dead, that first Easter, it is like liberation day. As he drives the enemy back, he says, look, life can begin again. Eternal life is yours forever if you would trust in me. And so how do we respond then? These three responses. Firstly, turn to the risen Jesus. Verse 47 again. Jesus says, repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. See, the, f- the first response to the rally of the risen Jesus is to repent of your sins and find forgiveness. To turn around, to stop living, living um, as if you're going to live forever, as if death is not a thing, as if you're in control of your own life. To stop living like that and to turn and trust in the one who has defeated death. The one who offers to you full forgiveness for all of your sins. He died to pay for them and he rose again to guarantee new life forever. So look, some, some of us here this evening may never have repented for the forgiveness of our sins. Easter Sunday would be a glorious uh, Sunday to do just that to turn to him for forgiveness. But for many of us, I guess we we will be Christians. We have done that. What's our response to the reality of the risen Jesus? Well, it is to witness to the risen Jesus. Verse 48 says to the disciples, you are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send what my father promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. See, these, these disciples who begin the chapter fearful and doubting, they're going to take this good news to the ends of the earth, beginning with Jerusalem, but to all nations. They will proclaim that Jesus is alive. When you know the risen Jesus, well, you tell others about him. Most of us will have repented for our sins, will have turned to Christ, tell others about him when you're in the park tomorrow, you'll probably not be in the park, it's going to be raining, um, maybe you'll be in the pub. And when you're in the pub tomorrow, when you're, when you're back in the office or in the lab or in the library on, on Tuesday, let the joy of knowing the risen Jesus give you courage to speak up when your friend, your colleague, your flatmate asks you about your Easter weekend. Let it allow you to, to speak of how wonderful it was to celebrate that Jesus is alive and the difference that that makes you not just on Easter Sunday, but every day speak of him. We can't do that by ourselves. The disciples couldn't do it by themselves. They needed power from on high. If they were going to share that message, they needed to wait for the Holy Spirit. That's what we've seen. If you've been here on Sunday evenings, we've seen that in acts as the spirit comes and gives them strength and courage to proclaim that Jesus is alive. But they've met the risen Jesus. They've seen that the whole Bible proclaims the risen Jesus and they are ready to be his witnesses. Will we do the same? Turn to the risen Jesus. Witness for the risen Jesus. And thirdly, joyfully worship the risen Jesus. Verse 50. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them while he was blessing them he left them and was taken up into heaven then they worshiped him and returned to jerusalem with great joy and they stayed continually at the temple praising god it all sort of looks looks sort of wraps up his gospel pretty quickly and the other gospels you get quite a lot of detail about lots of other people who saw jesus and what happened next and Look sort of moves us pretty rapidly through um, to Jesus being taken up to heaven because I think that, that his, his focus here is on the disciples and he wants to show us the, the change in them. They've seen Jesus alive. They see him taking up, taken up to heaven to reign as king and they worship him. Jesus has defeated death and is now reigning forever. And so the right response is to worship him and to do that with great joy. Is it always easy following Jesus? No. Will following Jesus protect you from tragedy? No. Will it mean that life is never disappointing? No. Will it, will it mean that you always feel as excited as those disciples on the first Easter Sunday? Maybe not. But the reality of the risen Jesus changes life forever. You cannot be the same. So as you turn to him, as you seek to be a witness for him to the world, worship him joyfully. He is the risen king. He is reigning right now at God's right hand. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise you that Jesus is alive. Father, we can be certain of that because we have reliable testimony. Those who saw and heard and touched Jesus, who ate with him, who had their minds opened to the fact that this was your plan all along. This is what the whole of the Bible was, was proclaiming, was pointing to. Father, please, would we respond rightly? Would we be those who turn to the risen Jesus, who, uh, who speak of him, who witness for him in a world that, that is living under the shadow of death? And would we rejoice? Would we worship him, the risen King. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.